when the replay official did not stop I, the game. I'm not going to comment on that. I'll get fined for the rest of my life if I get commented on that. We had a great belief in our locker room. We didn't have to do anything special, just be us. I was so proud of this team. We had so much fun, it ought to be illegal. Coach Carousel talk, is that something you just ignore? Yeah, yeah, you, you ignore because one week you're getting fired and the next week you're going to take another job and I'm worried about the darn SEC West Championship. And so, yes, to answer your question. I'm the man to go get it done with this staff, with this team, with this program. There's not anybody left standing after 2015. All right, I am. And I know what it takes. You build in together, you fight together, and you go find a way to get it done. That's iron sharpening iron. That's the way this thing's got to work, man. we got to know and understand that it's got to be about competition. I'm going to tell you something. I want to go tell our story. I, I'm tired as hell of turning on ESPN and Sports Center and people getting to pick what the hell they want to say about us. we got a bunch of young guys that came here for a damn reason. I want to tell our story on national television. I'm tired of people talking about us. I want to go tell our story. That's why the hell we're all here. So we can tell our story. We're coming. We're coming. And we ain't backing down. Welcome in to the latest episode of That SEC Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Breton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? Hey, buddy, I'm back. <laughs> yeah, we missed you, Shane. How are you feeling over there? Well, I've seen better days, but I am back. Um, just just had some some stuff I had to deal with, and uh, you know what? It's just behind me. Um, new chapter in my life, and I appreciate everybody reaching out, man. I tell you what, you guys have been fantastic. Uh uh, the thoughts and prayers has, has really been been awesome, and, and I appreciate all that. So, uh, but uh, yeah, dude, I'm back. Um, I'm ready to roll, man. Well, that's great, Shane, because you got a lot of people that really like you and want to support you. We're just glad to hear you back on your feet. That's the more <laughs> most important thing. We got a we got a lot of degenerate gamblers too. Want to still <laughs> know my lock of the week. <laughs> I didn't want to say that's more important, but that's that's right there. That's number two. So let's uh, obviously Friday Pickums podcast here, Shane. But before we do that, I wanted to get uh, two things out of the way. I just thought this was great, Shane. Now, obviously, you and I very big on these SEC schools finally allowing alcohol sales. And uh, this note, uh, this came out Thursday here. Senior Associate AD Robert Munson of LSU, Shane. LSU made $1.175 million on alcohol sales alone in the Florida game. And this, once again, just goes to show, I mean, these schools that are not on board with the alcohol sales, they're falling behind. You got to credit schools like LSU for taking this step forward. And, man, they're just reaping these profits. I do not know how these other schools are going to look at these numbers. And by next season, I don't understand if they don't have alcohol. I think they're just being stupid. It's going to happen, man. That's your buyout money right there, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> exactly. One game, you get it, you get to buy out right there. So, uh, right. man, it's time for these schools. Just wanted to make that note. I thought that was impressive. And then uh, before we make our official pick, Shane, wanted to get a little mailbag question here. We got this asked on our Reddit page the other day, so I just wanted to knock this out. And I'm not even going to make you read it, Shane, because uh, we got. <laughs> let's get to the picks here. We don't want you stumbling through this one. Thank you. Thank you. This comes via uh, this guy's name on Reddit is the Fuzz Nine One One. I love that name. <laughs> but he's curious to know about Missouri and why we keep uh, talking about them being, you know, first place in the SEC East and potential SEC East champions, considering the bowl ban. So here's his question: Mike and Shane, can you guys talk about the Mizzou sanctions? From my understanding, they cannot go to Atlanta. And, of course, he's talking about for the SEC championship game. But you guys keep saying they're in the race. I may be wrong, but I figured I'd ask. Thanks. So here's the deal with Missouri. Uh, For those that don't know, obviously, we just focus on the football. But uh, their baseball team has also been sanctioned for postseason play. Mm -hmm. And we all know Missouri's been hit with a bowl ban, which does include the SEC football championship, uh, with that bowl ban that came down from the NCAA, Missouri was deemed ineligible for the SEC championship game and a bowl game. So we all know that. But the thing that Shane and I keep hitting on, as long as Missouri's appeal is ongoing, those sanctions do not come into effect And I just referenced the fact that uh, Missouri's baseball team was also hit with these sanctions. Uh, So when Missouri put its appeal in, uh, these sanctions came down before the the last uh, SEC baseball postseason series. And like I said, Missouri was banned from the postseason, but because of this appeal, the baseball team went to the postseason. So that's the same deal as what we're looking at with the football team right now. These sanctions are being appealed, and as long as the appeal is going, Missouri can go to the SEC championship game. So that's kind of why Shane and I keep saying that. And if it, uh, you know, if it takes another six months for this appeal to be heard, Missouri can go to the SEC championship game. Missouri can go to a bowl game. Missouri can go to the college football playoff if they win out, as yeah. long as this appeal keeps going. Now, I do say that. I should note that uh, all indications are the NCAA's appeal is projected to be heard before the SEC championship game. And there's no timeline for that. Uh, The way this works is the NCAA has to inform Missouri one week before the sanctions come down. And that word has not come down. So we still got, you know, as of recording here on Thursday evening, it's going to be at least another week before we find out about this NCAA stuff. There is no set timeline for when they're going to make a decision. Uh, But I really think, Shane, as Missouri continues, I mean, they're first in the East. Yeah, They're playing Vanderbilt right now. They're likely going to win that one. They play Kentucky the following week. You got to figure they're going to be big favorites in that one, too. This is going to be a topic that's going to be ongoing. And I think the SEC, I think they're really going to force the NCAA's hand and pressure them to hurry this thing up because they... I'm telling you, Shane, they will. They can't make the NCAA make a decision, but I think they will really pressure them to make a verdict here before the SEC championship game, because it's just gonna it's gonna be a bad look for the SEC. It's gonna be a bad look for the NCAA if Missouri 
is on you know appealing this situation, playing in the SEC championship game. Hell, what if they win it, Shane? And then a month later they say, uh-huh. oh yeah, Missouri's been banned from the postseason. I mean, that's it's just going to be a damn debacle. So uh, I really yeah. think that will come down will be well before the SEC championship game. I wish I could give a definitive timeline for that, but uh, there's there is no timeline, and uh, it, it's a wild thing, Shane, because I'm hearing from both sides. I'm hearing from people in in Columbia, people that went to Missouri. They some people they fully expect the uh, the postseason ban to be overturned, and some are saying Missouri's prepared for it to be upheld. So. That tells me that no one knows what the hell is going to happen here. (laughs) But that's why Shane and I keep talking about Missouri being in the East because technically, while the bowl ban is there, it's being appealed. And while that appeal's going, that's why we say, let that appeal ride, baby. (laughs) Uh, Missouri can win the SEC East, can go to a bowl game because they're currently appealing it. Isn't it kind of funny? I mean, I thought this thing was going to get resolved last month. And then when it didn't get resolved, it got quiet up there. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's like... Maybe if they don't talk about us, we can just ride this thing out. But I'm with you, man. All it's going to take is Missouri upsetting somebody. I mean, they're number one now, but, you know, they haven't played Georgia. They haven't played Florida yet. If they beat one of those teams, uh, and let's just say they're 1-0 against one of those teams, it's, <laughs> do they make noise then? Does Georgia make noise? Does Florida make noise? Do certain people get involved in this thing get accelerated? Because I'm like you, you know, this – you don't want to see this thing blow up around the playoff, around the bowl game series, because then that's when it gets really messy. Yeah, and you know the only other note I have on this, Shane, I know this doesn't play into the NCAA's decision, but I think it kind of should. The fact that, you know, I'm not trying to downgrade Missouri. They're an up-and-coming program under Barry Odom, but how many times are they legitimately going to be a factor in winning the SEC East potentially winning the SEC overall, I mean, that it's not unrealistic to say this team could do that if they get hot at the end of the season. Yeah. I mean, how what shit luck would it be if they're banned from all that the, the one year they're capable of doing it in, in the last decade? You know what I mean? So I really wish the NCAA would, con, would consider that given the fact that no one on the current team did anything wrong. None of the current players or or coaching staff was involved in this um it just seems like it's a terrible terrible i mean we've we've already discussed all this but uh it's just it's just bad timing and uh they really need to i think they really need to review this for just just the sake of college athletics really i'm i totally agree and then you see teams like mississippi state nothing against mississippi state but almost the exact same situation and then you see north carolina even worse situation and slap on the wrist. So mm-hmm. I just, I, I just think the more they drag this out, the dumber it looks on them. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Shane, you ready to make some picks? Yeah, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> gambling. What's anything about gambling? It's not gambling when you know you're going to win. Not only am I picking Toledo to cover, I'm picking Toledo to win outright. God, cash will kick your ass. Me heard you say that. <laughs> well, he kicked my ass regardless. Like exactly. They're going to beat the brakes off Miami. You watch it. Mike, if Florida wins this damn game, I will sing the fight song Monday. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't happening, brother. Yeah, orange and blue, waving forever. Forever pride, old Florida. 
May she droop. I, I forgot to hit record, so you got to do that again. Are you shitting me? No, I'm recording it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shane, let's start here with the SEC Network noon game, Auburn at Arkansas. According to our sponsor, my bookie, Shane Auburn, a 19 and a half point favorite on the road at Arkansas. Who do you like in this matchup? You know, Mike, Arkansas has had some close games, you know, mm-hmm. but they will not be facing a receiver at quarterback. They will not be facing a defense that has been struggling and the secondary banged up. This is Auburn, and I, I just think that they've got too much. They've had time to prepare for this game this is going to be I I just don't think it's going to be much of a ball game Auburn I've got winning 35 Arkansas 10 what about you Ooh, well Shane let me put it to you this way I think the only thing that could save Arkansas in this one is the friendship Chad Morris has with Gus Malzahn we've been (laughs) hearing it all week uh, these guys go back a long way call off the dogs maybe that's the only way this thing keeps close and uh, while, I mean, they could be two best friends, but uh, I don't think that's going to be a huge factor on the outcome of the game. I've also been hearing a lot about John Chavis and his success against Gus Malzahn over the years, which that's something you got to consider. But uh, most of those John Chavis defenses, I mean, you're talking about teams at LSU, Texas A&M, they had a ton of talent. Uh, mm-hmm. Arkansas, not the case this season. A lot of youth on the Razorbacks. So I think that is a, a narrative that's been overplayed this week. I don't think it's a factor at all. Uh, now, the big thing is obviously going to get uh, that Auburn running game, getting Bo Nix going. I think uh, they really got uh, embarrassed that last game there at Florida. And, and I mean, I know Auburn had a tough, tough loss there against the Gators, but going into that game, you know, we were all so impressed with Auburn, contender for the SEC West, contender for a national championship. I said, I still am not that one loss in the SEC. One loss, sometimes these fans go crazy. Just everyone's off the bandwagon. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not there with Auburn. You got to remember that I still think they have the best defense in the SEC. Defense travels on the road. I think. With all these athletes and weapons Auburn has, I don't I don't think they're going to have any issue scoring on the Razorbacks. I like Auburn to once again reestablish themselves, Shane, as a legit contender in the SEC. I'm taking the Tigers, 52, Arkansas 10. It's going to be a damn blowout. Ooh, doggy. <laughs> oh, man, you buried Morris. One of my favorite comments this week, somebody asked, uh, I think Holly asked me if uh, – more slipped something in my drink this week since I've been trying to get him fired. <laughs> and with that score, that ain't me, baby. That's Mike. He's once you fired. So <laughs> that's I, right. I just I like these weapons of Arkansas. I really do. But it's just I don't know, man. Just like what Arkansas is good at, Auburn's better at stopping. So I just I, I don't see this being much of a ball game. And like you said, more of a statement win and getting back on track for Auburn. So. Yeah, I like Auburn uh, on the over as well. Mm-hmm. All right, Shane, how about this matchup, the CBS uh, SEC Game of the Week, LSU at Mississippi State, 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central kick. Uh, LSU Tigers, according to mybookie.ag, an 18-point favorite. Who do you like in this matchup? 
This one's a tricky one, man. I, it's not that I don't think LSU's a better team. It's just I think Mississippi State's going to catch LSU at the right time. We're coming off a big win. We're a little bit of a hangover. Mm-hmm. Um, it's at Mississippi State, and you know they well, say what you want. Those cowbells sometimes can be a little bit deceiving and, and get the fans rowdy. And and I don't think that Mississippi State wins this game. But I do think they backdoor the spread, and LSU comes out ahead because this offense is by far the best offense in the nation. LSU, 42, Mississippi State, 28. Ooh. All right, Chase. Yeah, so we're, we're kind of on the same page on this matchup. Uh, obviously, LSU coming off that big Saturday night performance against Florida think they're going to be reading their press clippings a little bit this week mm-hmm. i kind of suggested this week you know what's going to happen because you know what's eventually going to happen unless joe burrow's just gangbusters the entire year there's going to come a time where he struggles how does lsu respond to that one uh, mississippi state everyone saw they lost to tennessee that was embarrassing you know people calling out joe moorhead and the job he's doing on the flip side, LSU, everyone – I mean, it was the it was the game, most watched game of the year so far. Uh, when you see stuff like that, you got to factor that into the lines. The, the, the bookies are smart, Shane. They know that everyone's going to be heavy, heavy on LSU because of – basically because of last week and how these teams are trending. That gives me a lot of confidence saying that Mississippi State is going to cover this spread. I think it's too – big in LSU's favor and like you said Mississippi State yes they've they've suffered some tough defeats here in the SEC but not at home under Joe mm-hmm. Moorhead not, they rarely ever get blown out at home I don't care who they're playing I mean this is a team that uh, you know they've gone toe-to-toe with Alabama at home often yeah so I'm not expecting Mississippi State to get run off the field here we already know Garrett Schrader it's his job now he's going to be starting there for Joe Moorhead's offense LSU if they have trouble defending Kylan Hill who I you know I think he's too good of a runner to be stopped two weeks in a row I think Mississippi State's offensive line they're going to really challenge themselves this week because of that embarrassing performance last week against Tennessee I think they're going to respond with the best performance of the season and I'm putting this one almost on upset special, Shane. Oh. But I'm going to pick LSU to win this one. But this is my lock of the week. I'm going LSU 30, Mississippi State 27, a three-point game here. This is, this is a lock for me. Oh, man. Mike, I like it. I like it. <laughs> All right, Shane, how about this matchup? Missouri at Vanderbilt, 4 o'clock Eastern on SEC Network, 3 o'clock Central. Uh, the Tigers coming into Nashville as a 21-and-a-half point favorite, according to my bookie. Who do you like in this matchup? Mm, Mike, you know what? I think Vanderbilt is reeling. And I heard you, you know, I listened to your solo cast today. <laughs> you did good, Mike. You did good. There's a couple times I wanted to jump in and say something. And I, one of the things I want to talk about real quick is Mason's contract. You know, they got to go to four years. I mean, that was something they have to do. Mm-hmm. We talked about this in the offseason. It's hard to recruit to a university if you don't have that four-year agreement. Mm-hmm. I still think Vanderbilt's on their way out, man, with Mason. And um, I, I think there's I, – I'm not saying that the locker room's divided or anything like that, but I'm just not seeing it, man. They they looked god-awful last week. Mm-hmm. 
And then here you got Missouri, like you said, number one team in the SEC East right now. They they still got an opportunity to make a name for themselves. And I, I just think that this offense is just way too much for Vanderbilt. So I've got Missouri winning and winning big, 41, Vanderbilt 17. Ooh. You sure Vanderbilt can score 17 is what you said last week? (laughs) And you were right, Shane. You nailed that one going in. uh, They were a 17-point favorite against UNLV. We're on the same page on this one too, Shane, because, uh, you know, I really want to give credit here to Derek Dooley. I know, uh, obviously, we were pretty pissed off with him, how he did at Tennessee. He obviously didn't get the job done there. And I don't know about you, Shane, but I was uh, adjoining the many who mocked that hire by Barry Odom. What in the hell are they doing hiring Derek Dooley? No experience as a quarterback coach. No experience as an offensive coordinator. Um, I don't know if I would say he's been the best coordinator in the SEC on offense the last two years, but he's been among the best. Uh, Mm -hmm. These Missouri offenses have been incredibly balanced. And when you have a balanced attack that is excellent running and passing, I mean, that's just a nightmare stop. Derek Mason's Vanderbilt defense has just been in shambles this season. I think that's going to continue against a Missouri team where I don't even know where they begin to focus because these receivers for Missouri are starting to hit their stride. Kelly Bryant's playing the best football of his career. And now Larry Roundtree and Tyler Beatty are really starting to heat up on the ground. I think Missouri's going to have their way with the Vanderbilt defense. And, um, you know, at this point, I'm just not – I know Vanderbilt's got some playmakers on offense, but I'm just not seeing enough of them to expect them to kind of put up any kind of points against a a really good Missouri team here with Mm -hmm. with an outstanding defense, even with Cale Garrett's sideline. So I'm going Missouri 48 Vanderbilt 10. This is another big Mm. one. I think think Missouri rolls in this matchup. Very nice, Mike. All right, Shane, let's take a break from the picks to let the listeners know that we're proudly presented by MyBookie.ag, the online sportsbook, Shane. We wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with MyBookie.ag if they weren't the best. So you do the smart thing. If you're going to bet football this season, bet with MyBookie.ag. And if you haven't taken advantage of the promo code with our podcast, Shane, all listeners with the promo code THATSEC, that's T-H-A-T-S-E-C. If you go to mybookie.ag today and use that promo code, that S-E-C, they'll double your first deposit, Shane, up to $1,000. You can have $2,000 in your account for these games tomorrow. you got to put in 1000 to start, but you'll get two back. So that's a really good value. Uh, you can obviously bet like normal. You can bet at halftime. You can flip back the other side cover. If, <laughs> if your bet's losing, you can kind of come in at halftime. I really like that feature at my bookie. And, of course, they have the parlays, three-team, five-team, ten-team, and so on. So, uh, once again, that promo code is that SEC over at mybookie.ag, Shane. You gotta check it out. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Jackpot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shane. Next game on the docket here. ESPN six o'clock Eastern. Kentucky at Georgia. Shane. How will the Bulldogs respond? 
According to mybookie.ag, the Bulldogs are a 25.5-point favorite over Kentucky. Who do you like in this matchup? Ooh, doggy, and I don't think that spread's enough, Mike. And I tell you what, if Georgia would have won last week, I like that spread. But the fact that Georgia lost last week, they've got to come out and show the nation that they just were hungover or not prepared or something. And they're going to come out, and I – I hate it for the big blue nation, but they've got a big old bullseye on them right now, mm-hmm. and I'm still not I'm still not confident with the quarterback situation there. I don't I don't did have we heard anything if Smith's going to start? Or is this one of those game time decisions? Yep, yeah, another. <laughs> I I really think they'll probably use both of them this week, but yeah. uh, I think we're going to see a lot of Lynn Bowden under center once again because it was just so effective for him. Yeah, I just and I just don't see it helping him unless they come out. I mean. And I just got a gut feeling, Mike, that Georgia is going to smoke them. I got them winning big, Mike. I got them winning 45, Kentucky 13. What about you? Ooh. All right, Shane, I see what you're saying. And I've I've heard a lot of people talk about Georgia this way. And maybe that loss will wake them up. We do see that uh, from time to time in college football. You know, a, a lot of times it doesn't always have to come with an upset, but maybe it's a near upset to kind of – Get the juices flowing, letting these elite teams know that they can get beaten if they don't show up with their best performance. But I got to be honest with you, Shane, if it was just that South Carolina game, if Georgia, you know, was whooping ass all year and then they suffered that letdown, I could be more on board with what you're selling. But man, this is just something. Where I'm not, I know we've got a lot of loyal Georgia fans. I'm not trying to piss them off because you and I both had Georgia obviously winning the East, winning the entire SEC coming into the season. I just think we were all just too high on Georgia, and we just not seen it on the field this year. I mean, this is going on a month where I have not been impressed with Georgia. Not saying you know the season's in the tank. I'm not. I'm certainly not suggesting uh, they're they're not you know, legit contenders, they're still the favorites in my mind to win the East, but we're just not seeing it. I don't know if this is a team is quite as elite as we thought we would, they were. I know they got the talent, but they're just, it doesn't seem like they're getting the most out of it. I do not have faith in Georgia to cover a, a spread this massive. I know Kentucky has been down, certainly not playing Arkansas this week, but uh, I've got a ton of faith in Kentucky going into Athens and at least keeping this game competitive until Georgia shows me that they are this elite team that we thought they were, which they've, like I said, they've not been that way for about a month. They, you know, they probably shouldn't even have covered against Tennessee. It came down to that uh, strip sack fumble for them to cover against Tennessee, who at the time was arguably the worst team in many's eyes in the SEC. Uh, I'm going with Kentucky to cover, Georgia to win, Shane. But I think this is going to be uh, uh, close to a one-score game here. I'm going Georgia 30, Kentucky 17. Uh, I, I really like this uh, 25 and a half points for the Wildcats on the road. Do you think the formula screwed up, Mike? I mean, you know, Georgia. Go with me here. Georgia's got a fantastic line, and I know they've they've done some dumb things through the through these past few games, but they 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 do. They got a lot of talent. They've got great running backs, but it kind of feels like Georgia's running an old school offense at times. And you see teams like LSU and even Nick Saban's Alabama. You know, even though it's crushing Nick Saban's heart to to throw that many times during a game mm-hmm. it 
it puts points on the board. Do you think that that it's time that they that, that I don't know that they try something different? Maybe throw away the playbook, start from scratch, get some of these playmakers on the outside and and work outside in instead of inside out. Do you think it's time to do something like that? You know that's interesting because I have kind of seen a lot of people talking about that this week. I've seen a lot of Georgia fans frustrated, obviously, with their struggling offense, and they they point to the fact that LSU switched it up, kind of like you're saying, how obviously Alabama switched it up in recent seasons, and we've seen the, the success they've had on that side of the ball. has been historic. Mm-hmm. But I'm not buying that because, I mean, last year, Shane, if they would have beaten, if they would have hung on and beaten Alabama – there's a chance they would have won the national championship. Two years prior, of course, they were in the national championship. So they're right there. They are right there. And we've not seen Alabama win the national championship since they you know, went to this completely wide open. I know they went to the championship last year, but yeah. it's not like uh, you know, it's not like they've just they were winning more championships with defense and running the ball. <laughs> and we, yes, we're all, you know, right now LSU's the big shiny new object we're all we're all in love with it and we should be i mean it's just night and day different mm-hmm. but but at the end of the day what have they accomplished they've not yet beaten alabama they've not won the sec and obviously not been to the college football playoffs so i don't want to make that snap judgment i think what really needs to happen there for the bulldogs is you know i thought uh, i thought their running game was actually working all right against south carolina but they went away from it Clearly, yeah. Jake Fromm was having an off game. I, I don't know why he kept throwing the ball, having such a lack of success, if you will. Uh, and, and another note a lot of people made is, uh, you know, when Georgia kind of sped it up and, and kind of went to the no huddle quick game, that was working, but they went away from it. So I, I don't know. They're just struggling, in my mind, on the play calling side of it. They've got all the talent. Uh, I'm not ready to say it's, it's time for them to blow it up because uh, at, at the end of the day, I mean – They've only lost, what, like three games in two-year span. Yeah, so yeah. Um, I, I'm not quite hitting the panic button, but I just really need to see Georgia come out and and whoop someone like uh, you're thinking they will before I have confidence that I'm going to see it on the field. Yeah, for sure. Maybe I'm just being optimistic. I, I just feel like it's coming, but, you know, this this just haven't seen it yet. So um, mm-hmm. maybe this is the statement game they needed. All right, Shane, let's kick it over to the night games starting with Texas A&M at Ole Miss. This is a 7.30 Eastern kick on SEC Network, 6.30 Central time. According to mybookie.ag, Texas A&M a six-point favorite on the road in Oxford. Who do you like in this matchup? Mike, you know what? I hate two quarterbacks. I just I, – <laughs> I've never been a fan of it until last week. I tell you what, I like the way they're doing this thing in Old Miss. They really had, at times, Missouri. I mean, it just like they didn't know what to do, whether they were coming or going. And I think they can improve on that mm-hmm. and expand and, and make Old Miss a fun offense to watch. And if you haven't watched an Old Miss game with old Plum Tree scrambling around, you're missing a hell of an athlete and a hell of a show. Texas A&M. I think it's reeling a little bit, Mike. I, I think that uh, these guys, you know, have had some some major blows. Now, they've played some great teams, you know. They've got three losses, one Auburn, Alabama, Clemson. I mean, just about anybody in the nation plays those three teams. that would be 0-3, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think we're going to have yet another little hangover, you know. If you remember after uh, the Auburn game, 
uh, Arkansas really had an opportunity to do this, had an opportunity to win the game. Yep. Ole Miss is a great environment. This is a night game. I think that's going to play uh, a big part there in uh, there at Hotty Toddy Station. You know what I'm saying? I think, <laughs> unfortunately, they don't have alcohol in the stadium, but they will out there <laughs> in the Grove, baby. And I've got your lock of the week. Coming all the way from Ole Miss, Ole Miss 28, Texas A&M 24. Oh, God, Shane. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to reevaluate my pick here, Shane, after, based on that. But uh, I like a lot of what you said. Obviously, Texas A&M not been – just not been the team we we hoped and thought they could be. Uh, they've really had issues. I mean, at this point, Calamon is the entire offense. They can't even run the ball unless he's running it. Um, you know, I obviously on that last uh, episode, I thought it was really fascinating what Jimbo had to say about uh, the fact that running the quarterback, it, it's not quite as dangerous as you thought. I've never quite thought of it like that, but it makes a ton of sense. So it makes it, it, it you know, the game plan of running Calamon it does add up here for the Aggies because their their running backs just not getting it done. Uh, but I'm I'm with you, Shane. With John Rice Plumley, I continue to be amazed by what this kid can do with the ball in his hands. Uh, I keep hearing all week that uh, they're they're gonna find ways to get Matt Corral and Plumtree on the field at the same time. Kind of fascinated to see what will come of that. You know, there's gonna be some tricks up Rich Rod's sleeves. Uh, Mike mm-hmm. McIntyre's defense doing a hell of a job. I really like this matchup for the Rebels. I was really surprised when this line came out in A&M. I believe it opened at 6.5, obviously just down to uh, shaved at half a point to 6. I thought this should have been closer to a pick em. But uh, despite your lock, Shane, I'm, I'm sticking with it as well. <laughs> I like the Rebels, like you, Shane, to win this one outright, take a huge step towards making the postseason – I'm going Ole Miss 35, Texas A&M 33, and, uh, man, Jimbo is going to face some tough questions after this one. Feels like that that fire's getting hot down there on that (laughs) seat, man. We may be – again, this is my lock, so there's a good shot we're both wrong here. So, (laughs) remember, that's that SEC. All right, Shane, the late, late game. I have no – I can't even remember the last SEC game between two conference opponents that started this late. Tennessee at Alabama, 9 o'clock Eastern on ESPN, 8 o'clock Central. Alabama, Shane, favored by 35 points, according to mybookie.ag. How are you boys going to do in this matchup, Shane? Can Saban even stay up at late night? <laughs> I mean <laughs> – Oh man, and pills may kick in about three fourths of the game in here. So, I uh, you know Alabama is special. I mean, we saw we saw it like we've seen it every week. These these guys, you know, unfortunately they got one gone for the first half, but they still got three more out there running around and playmakers at any moment. Mm-hmm. Tennessee just ain't faced receivers like this, and and that's what's scary. But Tennessee's also one of those teams that has the ability to eat the clock up, something that Bama really hasn't done much of this year. I really think Pruitt tries to do that, establish a running game, uh, you know, keep his quarterback safe. So I think 34 and a half 
is just way too many points. I've got Alabama winning, and it and as much as it crushes my soul, but I don't have them winning by that much. Alabama forty five, Tennessee twenty. So I guess twenty five is not too much, but it's still <laughs> way under on this spread here. You know. Mm-hmm. All right, Shane. I got a question for you. Yeah. Have you went out and bought your cigar just in case? Oh, I've got one, Mike. Okay. I've had one for years. Because <laughs> <laughs> here's what I think of this one, Shane. Trey Smith playing the best football since his freshman year. I mean, that's been key for Tennessee. This offensive line really starting to come together. We've been harping on it all season. Alabama and their young defenders struggling to stop the run at times. Uh, of course, on the flip side, the Crimson Tide have started to pick things up on the ground. That's of concern heading into this matchup because Alabama's going to have the talent advantage just about on every aspect against Tennessee. Uh, Brian Maurer should note game time decision. We're not clear if he's going to play. I'm kind of assuming that uh, you think he's going to play. That's kind of – I think they've, they've gone this far with him with, uh, you know, giving him all the practice reps and everything. I think they are assuming that he will play. He's been dealing in the uh, concussion protocol all week, but I'm kind of, my pick is kind of based on him playing as well. I just think this Tennessee team is totally different with him in the lineup. They've got more juice. They've got more energy. The ball is coming out and that's what has been really been missing here. The first couple weeks of the season, they've not been able to get the ball in the hands of their playmakers and that's mm-hmm. not been an issue here since Maurer took over. So I think that's huge for Tennessee. I think Alabama can even be uh, hit with the passing game. I, I, I've seen it uh, a couple times this year. It's not just the running backs that uh, or the running game that they have troubles stopping. But, you know, kind of like he said, two and his receivers, they're going to have a field day like they always do. Uh, yeah. There's no way that Tennessee is going to limit these guys for long. Uh, I think uh, – the key to beating Alabama is getting the two, giving them the hits, uh, just just hitting them, even if you're not sacking them, just getting those hits on them, trying to disrupt the rhythm of their passing game, getting their receivers, knocking them at the line of scrimmage, get that timing off a little bit. I don't know how effective Tennessee is going to be able to do that because, I, again, they just don't have the talent at this point. But keep in mind, Shane, I believe Tennessee had eight sacks on the season going into the Mississippi State game. Mm-hmm. They had seven against the Bulldogs, so I don't know if they I don't know if they found something where if that continues, you know they could really get to two in this matchup, Shane. So get that cigar ready, Shane. I'm going with the shocker here. But Tennessee Vols, third Saturday October, are gonna cover the spread because Alabama's winning forty-five to twenty-eight. But that 35 and a, or 34 and a half point spread, that's ridiculous. I know Alabama's good, but Tennessee is not the joke they were at the beginning of the season. I really think, I think, uh, you know, with so many young players, they're, they're starting to hit their stride, Shane. They're starting to take into this coaching. I think Tennessee yeah. is, is really going to surprise some people in the second half of the season. They are far from the worst team in the SEC. While some teams are trending down, Tennessee clearly trending up in my opinion I, th- I think Alabama like I said is going to have that success on offense but I really think Tennessee is going to find some success right back at them on the other side golly it just I you hate that they're finding themselves right here at Georgia and Alabama you know it's like if they could have found it earlier 
you know, this we could be singing a different tune right now. You know, I, there's a small chance that we make a bowl game, you know, and if we do catch fire here in November, you know, I, I think that helps with recruiting. I think that helps with the offseason. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm with you. I, I think we are trending in the right direction. And, uh, you know, we did well last week against Mississippi State with, uh, with the defense. But, you know, we can't be doing corner blitzes because uh, we're going to need those corners this week, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Shane, final game on the docket. Wanted to save this one for last. Florida at South Carolina, a noon kickoff. On ESPN, Shane, 11 o'clock Central, Florida Gators, Shane, favored in this matchup by five, according to mybookie.ag, and the latest out of Columbia, Shane, according to Will Muschamp, Ryan Holinsky cleared to play, will wear a knee brace, but he's good to go. Who do you like in this matchup? Mm, Mike, Mike, Mike. I went back and forth on this one, Um, and and mainly because of Holinsky, because I didn't know that he was going to play and then when they came out here uh, just a couple hours ago, you know, how, how confident can you be that that this is true? You know, I just got I we just had Kentucky pull a pull a fast one on us to South Carolina do the same thing. I think momentum you want to talk about trending in the right direction. South Carolina is that team. This place is going to be electric. Everybody wearing their Papaw glasses. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I just think Florida is a little too talented. I think the defense had, I mean, they had an opportunity to beat LSU last week. Say what you want. You know, LSU pulled away with that thing, probably because I put them as lock of the week. But, you know, there's <laughs> there's there's bits and pieces of Dan Mullen's coaching game that, that – it's, it surprises you. I mean, I, he really is a hell of a coach. I think he rebounds these guys, and I think he goes up there in South Carolina and gets a win, but barely, not, not covering the spread. I've got Florida winning 27, South Carolina 24. Okay, yeah, so another close game, Shane. I, I really do think this will be the best game of the day, and I like a lot of what you had to say. I'm kind of on the fence with you, Helensky. I think he will play. But uh, there's so much gamesmanship this time of year. We don't really know. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it, it certainly sounds like he's going to give it a go. How effective will he be? He's been kind of uh, knocked out of a couple games. So uh, even if he is fully able to go, uh, i got to question the status of whether he can finish a game, mm-hmm. particularly, I guess, a talented Florida defense. This is going to be a tough matchup for the Gamecocks here, Shane. But, you know, I wonder – if they really found something, you know, we hit on it in that last podcast, ever since that Missouri game, it's like the it's like a flip has been switched on this defensive side. The defensive backs are playing lights out. The front is playing lights out. Uh, those are the t- two keys, obviously, to playing outstanding defensive football. Will Muschamp's got his crew firing at all cylinders there. Uh, I think this game's really going to come down to Ken, South Carolina, run on the Gators, uh, LSU managed to do it, but Auburn didn't. And, I mm-hmm. mean, that was critical in those two games. I think it's going to be critical again here. Rico Dow, Tavian Feaster, can they get some cra- traction going? Because Holinsky, as great as he is, he's banged up. He cannot do it himself. I know the South Carolina's got some good receivers, but I really think it's going to come down to this running game. Uh, on the opposite side, Kyle Trask. Man, this guy's playing lights-out football. 
I said it last week, and I believe it based on everything we've seen just this season, not career-wise or anything, but I think Kyle Trask has been the best quarterback in the SEC East this season. I'm sticking to that. Uh, so i like for him to also have some success, more success than Jake Fromm did against these South Carolina receivers. I see what you're saying there, Shane. I can certainly see it 27-24 in Florida's favor. Have you got it, Shane? But I'm going, the, I'm going the other way, Shane. I'm going South Carolina, 24, Florida, 21. Gamecocks pulling the upset here, Shane. Mm. At home, Williams-Brice Stadium. It's going to be an electric atmosphere. I think this game is really going to come down to the wire, but uh, I'm, I'm giving the slight edge to the Gamecocks at home after that big Georgia win. I think they got a ton of confidence coming into this matchup, and I think this game is going to be a war. Yeah, no, I I, th- I do. I think this will be the best game Saturday. Would not surprise me if that split flopped. I mean, honestly, I, I it all I think depends on Holinsky. Mm-hmm. You know, the last time Florida faced a, a a freshman quarterback, they 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 made a joke of him. You know what I'm saying? Does Holinsky have the same problems, or is he is he mature enough to, you know, take this team by the reins? It helps that they are at home you know, because the noise won't be as big of a factor. But, I mean, this is one of those that just feels like whoever gets that early momentum can really run away with this thing. So the only reason I'm going with Florida is like you. Uh, I think Trask has proven that he is one of the best quarterbacks in this conference. And he's just, I don't know, man, even though he gets hit and he gets hurt, it's just like he's on point the very next play. So, uh those quarterbacks are hard to find, so I, I, that's why I'm going with them. I just think that uh, Florida's defense, uh, Dan Mullen's just coaching in per- period. I, I think he's going to be able to uh, come up with some stuff to keep Muschamp, you know, rattled. All right, Shane, final thing before we jump off here. If you had to pick a three-team parlay this week, mm-hmm. who would your three be? Three this week, uh, I'm going with Tennessee um, mm-hmm. because of the spread there. I'm also going with uh, Missouri mm-hmm. and then Georgia. Okay. Well, I'll tell you why you're wrong, Shane, because I'm starting with Kentucky. That's my number one on the parlay. I'm, I would go with Auburn as well. I really think they'll cover that spread against Arkansas. Uh, I would say Mississippi State is my third. That's my lock of the week, of course. Uh, but, uh, you know, we like to – the parlays we like to pick outside of the lock of the week just to, to cover all our bases here. My third team on the parlay, Shane, I'm right there with you with Tennessee. I'm going the Vols. So my three-team parlay, Auburn in the points, uh, Kentucky in the points, and I'm going Tennessee in the points. And uh, that's a three-team teamer that uh, that's going to pay off big this week. Yeah, I do like that Auburn one. That one – that one and the George one I went back and forth with. So I'm gonna but I'm gonna stick with my original Georgia uh with the points there. <laughs> All right, Shay, <laughs> that's gonna do it for this week. It was great to have you back. Great yeah. to see you back on your feet and that big old cousin Shane <laughs> making this uh, fun podcast again. I appreciate you joining me as always. Appreciate everyone tuning in. I remember to give us a five star heart written review there on uh, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever the hell it's called. And we'll send a koozie your way for that. I think that's going to do it, Shane. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do appreciate everybody uh, 
with the thoughts and prayers, the tweets, the messages, uh, it, it really does mean a lot. I appreciate you. We're a family here. And speaking of family, uh, today's my brother, your other cousin, Crazy Joe, uh, the pirate there on Hawaii. It's his <laughs> birthday today. So happy birthday, Joe. Love you, man. Yeah, happy birthday. That's going to do it, Shane. Thanks for joining me as always. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go balls. Upset. It's an itch I just can't scratch